First in the morning, SAFM Sunrise with Stephen Grutis. Good morning. Well, confirmation yesterday from the Department of Justice and Correctional Services that government has decided to terminate the contract with G4S to run the Mungoon Correctional Centre early. As you know, G4S is accused of trying to cover up the escape of Tabo Besta from the prison. The contract was due to end in three years' time. I think it was. Ronald Lamola is the Minister of Justice and Correctional Services. Minister, good morning and thank you for your time. Right, we seem to have lost the minister. We'll have him back uh, for you in just a moment, uh, just to answer some of these questions. Unfortunately, I thought uh, we did have him on the line. There's a lot, of course, to ask at the moment uh, around what's happening with that prison. But uh, we will speak to the minister, Ronald Lamola, in just a moment and, of course, try and find out uh, from him what exactly is the situation regarding that. Also to come in the next little while, don't forget, we'll be talking about provincial police services. The minister is with you now. Minister Ronald Lamollop, the Minister of Justice and Correctional Services. Good morning and thank you for your time. Yes, uh, good morning, uh, Stephen, and uh, the listeners of uh, SAFM. Why have you decided to terminate the contract with G4S to run the Mungoon Correctional Centre? It's because um, we do the... the that they've been appearing uh, to be very courageous. They are unable to meet their contractual obligations. And um, there are also historical observation notices uh, that relates to some of the failures to comply with standard operating procedures that we have been uh, giving them for, for quite a number of years. So that is the basis on which we contract them. Uh, it is no longer tenable on our side on the basis that the contractor has been able has been unable to 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 comply with their obligations correctional services your department would now have to take over the running of the prison directly are you able to do that yes uh, uh, Stephen. We, we we have already started our own internal uh, processes to look into how to take over in terms of employees. You'll know it, that facility has got about 507 employees to mobilize internally. But then also the Section 189 process um, in the facility will also be embarked upon between organized labor and the department to deal with the current employees uh, because the contract, how it is crafted, is that uh, at the end of the contract, also the contracts of all the uh, 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 subcontractors or of the employees comes to an end. But um, in terms of the Section 189, we will then engage with organized labor uh, to then put a mechanism in terms of the employees that are there that could still be qualifying to continue to work in the facility, including with the other uh, 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 procedures or services that need to be provided, food, uh, uh, the technology that is there maintained and all that. So all those are part of what they, they take the task team that is aimed to deal with the takeover they are dealing with. Um, there have been strong allegations of corruption and torture at that prison before and the journalist Ruth Hopkins, she has footage of guards years ago talking about how they tortured prisoners at the Mungoon Correctional Services um, at the government at the Mungoon Correctional Centre. Government didn't end the contract now. So are you only ending it now because of the embarrassment of Tabo Besta? Shouldn't government have ended it years ago? Yeah, obviously, uh, Stephen, when they are, in terms of the contract, uh, uh, when there are observation notices or in terms of uh, them failing to comply with certain standard operating procedure, you still need to give the contractor a chance to remedy the situation. 
So there has been a number of uh, site observation notices and uh, hopefully uh, that the, the contractors will remedy the situation and they come to terms with, the, with their obligations in terms of the contract. But when you look at this one, last incident of uh, BESTA and look at some of the observation notices that have been given to the contractor, they almost uh, uh, look uh, the same with regards to video footage not being kept, with regards to non-compliance with the with the standard operating procedure. So that to us uh, shows a systematic kind of a, a, a failure which uh, a, a warranted that we must provide them with a notice of, uh, of termination. This decision affects the Mangoon Correctional Centre contract. There is one other privately run prison in South Africa that I'm aware of. It's in Limpopo. Does this decision affect that contract? No, no, no. It doesn't affect the one in Kudamas in Tumule. It only affects the Mangaung uh, 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 contract uh, uh, concession agreement, uh, which we have uh, with the private company there, which is operated by uh, a G4S. That is the only one impacted by this decision. And um, we we are of the view that um, with the with the infrastructure that is there, we, we we got value for our money in terms of infrastructure, the technology. We've got a facility that can take about um, 2,900. Uh, Inmates. So there was kind of a value mm. in that regard. And um, we don't want to mm. throw away uh, the baby sure. with the bathwater. And do you have to pay a cancellation fee for ending the contract early? Yeah, all those we, we, we will have to, uh, a part of the, of the, of the, of the, is uh, to, to terminate. So it will come uh, at the end of the contract where we'll be able to say this is uh, in terms of uh, the fines and in terms of uh, any penalties that may be accrued. But it's part of what uh, is currently being part of the of the notice and the discussions. Okay. Minister, if I may ask, I mean, you were in Parliament yesterday, you were talking about the International Criminal Court, and it was a bit confusing last week. We saw the ANC saying we would stay in the International Criminal Court, then the ANC Secretary-General for Gilem Balula seemed to say we would leave, then the President said we would leave, then the Presidency said we would stay. As things stand... We're staying in the International Criminal Court, is that right? Yeah, hello? Minister, yes, are you with us? Yes, uh, but I did not get the last part. Okay. As things stand, we're staying in the International Criminal Court, is that right? Yes. Okay, after all of the confusion last week. Uh, what we are looking into, uh, Stephen, and we, is what we said in Parliament, uh, is, um, is, is, um, is how we have domesticated the Rome Statute in our country. In many other jurisdictions, like in the United Kingdom or in Holland, it has been domesticated in such a way that the executive can suspend or exit the Rome Statute when it is not in the national interest to implement uh, the, the decision of the, of the ICC, particularly if it is not the outcome of the UN General Assembly. So that is what we are we are we are we are looking into into amending the legislation to enable such kind of a mechanism when it is not in the interest of the country to implement the the the, the Rome statutes and so forth. That and that is in line with international customary law. So that is what we are working on and um, we will soon announce in terms of the bill when and how we are going to deal with that. As I understand it, you can't just withdraw from the ICC. It takes a year to withdraw. Does it also take a year to make those changes, or would you be able to make a change like that before August? 
Uh, it will depend on the on our processes that we have already initiated uh, in the department and in the technical processes of approval of bills, including the processes of um, of that uh, it can be done before or by August. But we will do our best to and to ensure that uh, we do it as speedily as possible and international customers. The, 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 the executive has uh, these issues related to international law. It's a polycentric, diplomatic, and political issue. So it should give some level of uh, discretion to the executive. Okay. Minister, are you still with us? Yes, I'm here. Okay. Um, and the Russian President Vladimir Putin, if nothing changes, and if he comes here for the BRICS summit in August... Is it your understanding that there will be a legal duty on our government to arrest him? Yes, um, we, we have got a legal obligation in terms of the Rome Statutes to, to cooperate with the ICC and to, to, to as an obligation, we have got that duty. So it is for that reason uh, that we said that uh, for the rule of law, we have to respect that decision. But um, you will understand, uh, Stephen. Oh, Minister, are you there? Minister, hello. Aye, aye, aye. Just at the important part of the interview. Minister Lamola, are you with us? All right, we're going to see if we can get uh, Minister Ronald Lamola back because this was the critical part of that conversation. That line's actually dropped now. We'll try and get him back for you to try and continue that conversation because I think it really is <laughs> very important. This was the sort of part of the important part of it. I think we will be able to get him back now uh, to continue that conversation uh, with you. I think we will be able to uh, have him for you. So uh, I think that is, in fact, all right. Minister Lamola, you're back with us now. Sorry about that. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Okay, that sounds better. I'd asked if the Russian President Vladimir Putin comes for the BRICS summit in August, do you believe he would have to be arrested? You had said we would have an obligation to arrest him. Yes, in terms of our um, um, duty, in terms of the obligations we have uh, with the Rome Statutes, uh, we, have, we will have to arrest. But the reality of arresting a heads of state, the practicalities of that, is what brings us to the reality that we should have when we domesticated the Rome Statutes, put the international customer law related to immunities of visiting heads of states and diplomats, which is uh, something that uh, it has been done in the Great Britain, in Holland, mm. and in other international jurisdictions. So that is what we're working on and um, uh, hoping to endeavor to, to achieve it by August. We do, but if we don't, uh, we will have a, a duty and an obligation. So that's why government is looking at all the options in relation to this matter. And um, soon we will be able to announce to the people of South Africa that this is the standpoint and this is what is going to happen. Would you prefer President Putin not to come to South Africa? Yeah, it's a a decision that um, obviously will have to be taken by the cabinet. And as I've said, there are a number of options that uh, are on the table. It's not uh, for me to to decide. It's an international relations uh, uh, issue. So we, we are still in engagement and at the right time, the South African government will answer that question. Uh, it's not, it's not uh, my personal view, okay. but it's a government decision and a government view that we will announce as soon as we have um, attended to all the consultations that we are dealing with, including looking at the various legislations.
Okay, maybe you should go to the international de- uh, department after after the justice department minister. That was very diplomatic. Um, I wonder if you could just help us. We've, we've been having a bit of an argument on SFM Sunrise this morning around extraditions. Under our system, if someone is here and a country asks for their extradition, who makes the final decision? Do you make the final decision? I think you might have with Manuel Chang. Is it the president? Is it the courts? Who makes the decision in our system as to whether someone's extradited to another country? It's myself. Uh, I sign uh, what is called uh, the extradition certificate. But for me to do that, uh, um, uh, Stephen, the matter is taken to court by the NPA in South Africa. If the US or UAE or any country requests uh, Mozambique or Malawi or any country, the NPA will then go to court, argue the matter, and the South African police uh, working with Interpol arrest the, 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 the suspect. The NPA will therefore go and argue the matter on behalf of that country. For example, if it's the UAE, the NPA will be representing the UAE in court. Then the court will decide and say this uh, person, uh, Ronald Lamola, is extraditable to the UAE or to Malawi. Then they will bring the file to the Minister of Justice, who must then sign a certificate of extradition. So in this regard, uh, when we on the matters we are dealing with now, uh, the, the UAE and in Malawi, for example. If you look at the appeals that we have done in Malawi, our matter of the uh, Shipili um, Logama, well known as Shepard Bushiri, the people that have been representing us is the prosecuting mm. authority of Malawi. And they've been appealing, they've been consulting with us every step of the way. And we've been very happy working with them, including the central authority in Malawi. So if, with regards to the UAE, when the matter goes to court, it's also the prosecuting authority in the UAE that then represents the South African government and the NPA in South Africa. They do so on our behalf. So that's why we, we could not really understand the outcome of the judgment, um, particularly on the second part. The first one where they said, the court said they've got competent jurisdiction with regards to the money laundering charge. Uh, the first question is that in terms of the extradition treaty we have with the UAE, if there is such a competent jurisdiction, they must then prosecute. They are obliged to prosecute those people. Mm. If the court says you cannot on that basis, therefore they must prosecute. But we don't have any uh, mm. signal. They have not prosecuted them. They said they, they were not prosecuted. The second one is with regards to what they said. There was a cancelled uh, uh, warrant of arrest. That cancelled warrant of arrest was a product of a discussion between the authorities, uh, the NPA and the prosecuting authority in the UAE that they wanted a, a, a another warrant of arrest, which was issued, was in the tape papers and was in the document. So when they went to court, they were aware of uh, all those uh, uh, issues. So it's like you, ourselves, here, yeah, going to court, uh, our NPA going to court and then going back to Malawi or to the UAE and say, the court has said um, you, you are warrant of arrest was cancelled because we knew if there was such an issue they could have engaged mm. with our authorities and so forth so that's why we, we we do not believe that there was any basis for refusing the extradition of the two gupta brothers to south africa do you know or do you believe if their head of state amir al naya who then came to the eastern cape if he was involved in the decision at all no, I don't know, because um, uh, as you will be aware, the courts in the UAE are not uh, as open as our courts. Okay. And in our system, you, you made the point that you would... Uh, is, the, is the prosecuting in the UAE. 
Okay. Um, you made the point earlier that you would sign an extradition order in South Africa. Would you do that in consultation with the president before you signed it as the justice minister? No, no, no. It is not in consultation with the president, but I inform the president. Okay. And Minister, if I can ask, I mean, are you a bit frustrated to see that the head of state of the UAE landed here with such a big delegation at one of our airports just after his country uh, turned down uh, our application? Uh, if you can repeat, uh, Stephen. Sure. Are you a little frustrated as the Minister of Justice? I mean, you just told us how frustrated you are with what happened in the UAE and the extradition for the Guptas. And literally days later, their president lands at our airport and we roll out the red carpet. How do you feel about that? Yeah, uh, Stephen, I will not comment uh, on that. I would prefer not to comment on that and uh, only deal with what is in my, in my space. All right, Minister, thank you very much indeed. I really do appreciate it. The Minister of Justice and Correctional Services, Ronald Lamola, uh, obviously got quite a lot out of him um, about various issues at the moment, but just, yeah, lots of different things to kind of have a look at, I think, you know, just lots of different issues that we, that we, that we need to have a look at here uh, this morning. So, yeah, um, interesting to hear how you feel about it. I wonder, the Minister, not commenting, not giving a comment on that last particular issue, because I think that that's quite uh, interesting. Uh, I don't know. You can read all sorts of different things into it, and we'll see. In a moment, we will we will be able to, of course, look at uh, your mediated conversation. We will, of course, be looking at that as well. And uh, we will be looking uh, at sport as well with Zai Khan. So we will be looking at that uh, in, in the moment. It's just gone 26 minutes after 8.